Welcome to Courageously Casey. I am your host, Casey Russell, and I'm so glad you're here. This podcast is to share my story for His glory, and my prayer is that God will utilize me to speak to your heart and mind so that you too are able to confidently and courageously go after your God-sized dreams. Let's get right to it. Hey, hey, welcome back to the podcast. You know, today's episode is going to be a little bit different, but I feel like there's more of this that needs to go out. And so if you would, please give me feedback on today's episode. You can drop it in the show note comments or send me a message or as always, you can email me. But today is kind of going to be a behind the curtain if you will. So if you follow me on Instagram and Facebook, you may have seen in my stories, I went back just seven years, just seven years. And, you know, if I rewound the clock and kind of, um, you know, rewind it, reround the movie, I guess, um, further back than that, it would also be very eye-opening and telling. But I just went back seven years in my stories. And the reason was, is because I was having a conversation with a woman last week And she was talking about how, you know, um, her life was troubling and she had a lot of trials. And so that's, that's why, you know, she hadn't reached to where she wanted to go. And that was some of the stuff. And it was, it was all very, um, real things and realistic things and, um, that life will throw at us sometimes. But as the conversation went on, you know, she was like, yeah, I know that you can't relate to this. And I thought, if there's anything that I ever want to be, it's relatable. You know what I mean? Um, one of the things that I have always proud, you know, um, how do I say it? I've um, been happy about and pride myself on, I guess that's how you say it, is that I'm authentic. And that there isn't a facade, right? What you get is what you get. (laughs) And that wasn't always a good thing because um, it was sometimes kind of harsh. Um, But now that's been covered with God's grace. And there's been so much love that I uh, have in my heart that I didn't always have. And so anyways, but the one thing about me is that I'm honest, always have been. And um, I'm authentic. And so those are qualities that I never, ever, ever want to lose, you know? And so I was thinking about, you know, something when I pulled up my Facebook memories. Do you guys ever do this? Do you ever pull up your Facebook memories? I don't know how long you've been on Facebook, but when Facebook was started, back in the day, it was started, you know, as you had to be a college student. You literally had to have a college um, email address. Like it had to be, so for mine, because I went text, text A&M, University in College Station, Texas, it said like my email was at tamu.edu. And otherwise you couldn't get a you couldn't get a Facebook unless you were a college student. So that's kind of how it started. And then obviously it is what it is today. But there have y'all seen that meme where it says there's nobody I don't relate more with in the me of 2018, like Facebook statuses. And I totally relate with that. But I love to go back and look at my memories. Um, I've been on Facebook, I think, for 16 or 17 years now. Crazy. So crazy. Um, But yeah, these posts um, just kind of 
they they give me a glimpse back of who I was in and then like where God's brought me from. And it's so cool. And so the reason why I chose seven years was because seven years ago last week was the first time I ever went live on Facebook. Now, if you've been following me for a hot sec, you know that um, I go live regularly. I mean, hello, we're, we're listening to podcasts right now. I um, have been hosting Zooms for years and you know, you probably wouldn't think, wow, only seven years ago was just her very first live video. And I looked at that and there was like 19 likes and three comments, I think, maybe two comments, three maybe. Anyways, not very much interaction. And so I just thought, you know, somebody needs to see this because there's somebody out there that's starting something or there's somebody out there that's comparing themselves to somebody. And all they can see is what looks like the finished product but they don't see where it all began. And seven years ago is not where all this began, obviously. But as far as showing up on social media, that was a pretty important part because it was my first live video. And so it was me. I'm literally in the video saying, I've never done this before. I don't know if anybody, you know, interacts. I, I don't, I didn't know what I was doing. And the whole point there was, and why I shared it last week was, what if I would have quit then? What if I would have stopped when it only had three comments and 19 likes? Now, that may be huge for you, right? And that's the cool thing about not comparing. Nowadays, if I was to get three comments and 19 likes, I would be like, what is happening, right? And so it's all relative. But if I would have stopped back then to say, you know, nobody, nobody joined my video. Nobody was supportive. Nobody interacted with me while wow, this reached nobody, you know, all these things that the enemy can tell us what would have happened. And so then as I started peeling back those layers and I just started kind of processing, wow, look, look what the last seven years has done. I just started kind of uncovering. And so if you didn't see, um, in the stories of Instagram and Facebook, I actually left them in highlights so you can go back and look at them. But because there's pictures and stuff that go with them, but um, it was just a very quick rundown. And today I want to just kind of unpack some of that, if you missed it, to give you some encouragement. Number one, put your blinders on. I shared about this the other day because, you know, my daughter is in third grade and we're just reminding her always to run her own race and um, I grew up in the racehorse industry and, you know, um, it was cool because the Kentucky Derby was just run. Of course, we watched it and I was pointing out those blinders to her. Now, that's a thoroughbred and I grew up in quarter horse racing, but still, nevertheless, some of those horses did have blinders on. And it's just a reminder that they run their own race. And that's why that's why they have those blinders on is so that they stay focused on what's ahead of them instead of looking at their opponents on either side of them. And what a simple but profound lesson. And so as I looked back at my, I guess, race that I'm still on, aren't we all? We're all journeying through life. I don't believe that there's a finish line. Um, I think that until God says you're done, come home and he calls you to heaven. I don't think we have a finish line. I don't think we've made it or whatever. You know, um, there's this thing out there uh, people making it. And I say that loosely, like with air quotes, like, Oh, look, Ma made it. Well, you're not done, you know? And so, um, six years ago, I shared that 
um, you know, that started this journey of like, hey, things have to change here. And I want to do things differently. Um, six years ago, my daughter was three years old. I had, I was going into my third year as a single mama. I became a single mom when she was really, really little. And, um, that was great. That was, it was, you know, I loved the time that it was just the two of us. Was it hard? Yes. <laughs> so hard, but there's something so special about when you are a single parent. And so if you are a single parent, be encouraged because you're the boo-boo kisser, you're the prayer warrior, you're the one there all the time. And I don't regret those years at all. I wouldn't have changed them for the world. They were hard, very hard. But six years ago, I was in the third year of becoming, you know, being a single mom. And I had tried businesses out. Um, I actually, when I was in college, did a jewelry business. I did like um, the jewelry parties where I would go and set up and I was actually pretty successful at it. The, one of the reasons why I did it was because I couldn't really get like a full-time job. I was a golf cart girl in the summer at the local municipal golf course. Um, I was like a beer cart girl and made tons of money, but that wasn't very steady, you know? And then, um, I, I was singing a lot and I wanted to be a singer and I wanted to do the whole Nashville scene. And, um, so I started this jewelry company, but what I found was, was like, doing all the order forms and the returns and then hauling the jewelry and setting it up and all that. It just, it just really wasn't that great. Then I joined my very first network marketing company. Um, it was actually a health and wellness company. I lasted there for about a month. <laughs> the products made me really sick. So that didn't work. I joined another one, same thing, same story. I joined a, another one. Um, then when I was like a single mom to uh, my daughter, and I actually was there for about three years, but the business was failing. And so what happened was I put all of our life on credit cards. So we had over $67,000 in credit card debt, which is crazy to even think. Um, I cannot fathom having that in credit card debt today. And if you do, I'm just going to tell you to pray for wisdom. You know, um, we... We hired a lady that did, um, or I hired a lady that did budgeting. It was $99 for a year-long budget, and she went by the Dave Ramsey plan, and she took what I was making and um, anything extra that I was doing with side businesses. Um, she showed me how to, you know, steward my money well, and it totally, it totally radically changed our lives because, you know, when you're $67,000 in credit card debt, you have no job. You have a child that's depending on you. Life's rough. So we would eat at my family. Um, my grandmother lived on one side of us. My parents lived on the other side of us. I've always been close with my cousins. And so I would go to Sunday evening meals with them and eat there. I remember going out to dinner and um, I knew what I could eat for. I could, I could go during happy hour and get a margarita and one crispy taco. And if they would just keep the chips coming, then I would get full enough. And that's what I could afford. It was like under $5 for me to eat. And I did that a lot because I was broke. Um, sometimes my cousin would go with me and she would pay for it because she knew I was struggling. And that's kind of, I would say that my mental health had been struggling since high school, but that was like really the decline because I felt like a failure. I felt like, are you kidding me? Like, 
I know how to, do, I know how to work. I, I'm college educated. I know that this is, there's a better way out there. I've had examples of success in my life. You know, like I wasn't raised with gener generational poverty or anything like not that kind of mindset, which is really hard to break off, but I know that God can break it off of anybody. And so if that's you today, I want you to start speaking that over yourself that God would break any of those generational things off of you. Whatever your money mindset is would change. But this is when my money mindset really was shifting in a, in a bad direction. Um, I wasn't stewarding my money correctly. I, I was trying to overcompensate with things that did not matter and were not going to help our future. And I was really defeated. You know, um, I knew Jesus. I've always known the Lord. I gave my life to the Lord when I was nine, but I wasn't living for him at all. And then um, I started, I just decided, I was like, okay, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. I'm sick and tired of struggling. I'm sick and tired of being broke. I'm tired of driving the car that I was driving. I was, I've always liked nice cars. <laughs> um, and I was driving this car that was absolutely terrible. It was this little bitty silver thing. They don't even sell them on the lot. They only sell them to like fleet, um, like rental companies. And my mom and grandmother literally prayed, I think every single day, just that the thing would not break down with me and my daughter because it was so horrible, but that's all I could afford. I think my car payment was like $285 a month. It was super cheap, but it was, it was all I could afford. And I just knew, I was like, this is not the life I want. It's not the life I want. I got to do something different. And so I did, um, I was applying at jobs. I was doing te um, temporary jobs. If you've never done one of those like temp work, it's kind of where you just maybe get a job for a day or a week or a month, or sometimes they'll keep you on for six months to a year, but you don't have a permanent position in your temp job. And so one of those temp jobs was working at a medical malpractice. And I literally, my job was to open the mail. <laughs> um, I was just humbled, you know, like I was like, something has to change. I drove all the way to North Austin, which I lived um, 30 miles east of just the Austin city limits, much less way past the lake is where I would drive for that. But it was something and I had to have something. And of course, it wasn't a permanent position. I didn't have any benefits or anything like that. So whenever that job was over, well, then I was back to being jobless, you know. Um, so I would just get a little bit of breathing room and then I'd be done. And, um, so I ended up joining an affiliate marketing, um, company that I really liked their products. I, I thought that it was good. They got paid every day and I started excelling. But one of the things that I figured out there was I was like, okay, if I'm going to learn how to get myself out of this, I got to start surrounding myself with people that have gone somewhere that I haven't. I've got to start putting myself in rooms that are uncomfortable and sitting at tables that stretch me and grow me. And I pray that you hear that because, you know, there's this whole saying that you're the sum of the, of the top five people that you hang around. And I believe there's some weight to that. You know, I, I wouldn't say like, that's just the cold hard truth, right? It's not in the Bible, but I think that there is something to say about that. Like, who are you surrounding yourself with? Who who are you sitting with? Who are you talking to? What rooms are you walking into? Are you comfortable in every single room that you walk in? Find a different room. Are you the smartest person in every single room that you walk in? Find a different place, you know? Um, and so that's where I got there. I was like, okay, 
I'm smart. I know how to do this, but I gotta, I gotta get around people that stretch me. I had to be around people that had skills that I didn't have, you know, just as simple as posting on Facebook and sharing on Instagram and doing things I just did not know how to do. Right. I wanted people that could teach me and mentor me and help me. And, um, that's when I started figuring out the power of mentorship. That's when I realized, wow, if there's a life hack <laughs> in life, besides putting the Lord first and reading your Bible, because it is a manual, right? Besides that, I think that one of the greatest life hacks in the world is the shortcut to success. Success is mentoring. Like I believe that a hundred percent. And so our life started changing pretty drastically within um, about six months. I paid off every single one of those credit cards. Um, I started leading people with just in a few months. I had over a hundred people that I was leading. It was like, what? Um, leadership was always something that I naturally went into. I remember my dad when I was little, he would say, you're a leader, not a follower. And I was always the one to volunteer. I was always wanting to be the lion leader. I was always the one on the ball field games telling people, Hey, let's do this. Not that. Right. I was always the one with the trends and the stuff like that. Leadership just was something that I loved, but because of where I'd been and my life and my choices, I wasn't a leader at all. I couldn't even lead my own life or my finances or my daughter or myself at all. So I couldn't lead anybody else. But when I started surrounding myself with different people and getting mentored and having that iron that sharpens iron, the Bible tells us about that's when things change. And that's when I got to start pouring into other people, right? In the same way, God blessed us with my marriage. And so then I not only was leading a team, I had somebody leading me and my husband, which for the first time ever, I was willing to be submissive to a man. Um, I'd really never, never done that. I always um, wore the independent woman badge, pretty dang big and loud and proud. Um, we were super financially stable when I met him. And I was like, I, I don't need a man. <laughs> and so if that's you, yes, we do. Yes, we do. It's biblical order that yes, we do, that we do um, submit to our husbands in a, in a respectful way, right? When it's got to be a, it's got to be both ways, but you know what I mean? Um, we blended families, man, if you're a blended family, that's not easy. But let me tell you, it's one of the most beautiful things in the world. If it's done with the Lord in your life, it, it really, really is. Um, we moved 500 miles away. Y'all, I grew up east of Austin, Texas. So when I say that, and if you go there now where I grew up, it does look like a big city. But when I grew up, it was a town of about, I don't know, maybe three, 5,000, maybe 5,000. Let's just say 5,000, probably less than that. People, we were the town that shut down for the pep rallies on Main Street. We were the people that if you weren't at the Friday night football game, like, hello, where were you? Missed out. You know, um, we were the people that knew everybody everywhere. And it was just a good place to be raised. It really was. Um, but I was 30 miles from Austin. I was 30 miles from convenience. And um, I moved 500 miles to West Texas to a town of 400 people. The closest Target, Walmart, whatever, was 93 miles away. Um, and it was a culture shock. And it was really hard. And so there was times there 
where I wanted to quit my businesses. I wanted to quit my dreams. I wanted to quit showing up on social media. Depression was setting in. I missed, you know, being able to just run down to my Mimi's house and see my mom whenever I wanted and drop, drop my daughter off and say, Hey, mom and dad, can she spend the night tonight? I mean, there were so many things. Um, I missed texting my cousin saying, Hey, I'll meet you at Jalisco's later on. You know, like there were so many things that I had just known forever and then they weren't there anymore. And so there was setbacks. There was also friendships that were lost. You know, here I was, um, moved. The single mom thing was already hard on friendships. Now you move seven hours away from friends. Like it was really hard. I thought, wow, where are my friends? Where, where are these people just because I moved? And so there was a lot of things that tested me. Then that next year, you know, I would say between 2019 and uh, or 2018, I guess, in the end of 2019, if you've heard that story, I'm not going to go through the whole thing, but you guys, I went from a size, um, 2018, when I married my husband, I was a size two. And in the end of 2019, I was a size 20. <laughs> and that's because there was a lot of life that happened. There was a lot of bad choices. There was an emergency pacemaker where my body rejected it. And I gained like 60 pounds in six weeks. It was awful. And by the end of 2019, here we were, we had started out on a high. We started the year out on a fully expense paid trip with that same affiliate company that I'd been with, just living the life, having a blast in a week in Mexico, parasailing to at the end of the year, wanting and planning on committing suicide, leaving my house, texting my family, texting my best friends, telling them I love them, turning off the GPS where my husband couldn't find me. Awful. Awful, 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 right? And so, you know, <laughs> where is that roadblock in your life? Like, I just pray that nobody's been at that bottom like I've been. But that's one of the reasons why I'm so passionate about where I've been because I know how it feels to go from nothing to something, building something yourself, and then boom, crashing down, right? Like to the lowest. And that's exactly what happened. Then 2020 hit. We knew after that mental health crisis, literally, God literally rescued me in the middle of the night. And if you've ever heard the song by Lauren Daigle called Rescue, it literally started playing on my radio. And by the grace of God, obviously, I'm still here. So, but we knew right then and there, something had to change. Some big things had to change. And I wish I could tell you that everything changed right then, but it didn't. But 2020 happened. And we know what happened in 2020, the world shut down. And for most people, it was like a really hard year. For us, it was a story of redemption. And some of you have heard this, but 2020 was the year that like, we, we decided, I decided, my husband and I decided things are going to change in our household. And so the number one thing that we changed was we got sober. Um, you guys, if you're struggling with sobriety, I just want to encourage you to go back and listen to our podcast about sobriety. I'm an open door to talk about that. I'm not a licensed counselor or therapist. Um, I don't have any of that kind of recommendations or that's just not me. I'm just a person that's been through it and I'm willing to talk about it because I know how cool sobriety and life can be. But that was the number one thing. The other thing that really changed was I started hiring mentors. So it was no longer just um, me 
you know, on my own and, and using like the friends that I had made and kind of getting tips from them, I started putting up money for mentors. And the first mentor that I hired, I actually paid him $500 an hour, which I know is going to kind of shock some of you guys. And I can tell you it was a huge testing of our faith, huge testing of our faith. But I thought, I want what he has. He had this amazing marriage, still does. He had five children that were super successful, all loved to be around him and his wife. They, Some of them were married, some of them were in high school, some of them were having grandbabies already for them. And they had this tight-knit family that loved to be together. They had so much success. They had made millions and millions of dollars, but you would have never known it because they were humble. They were very involved in their church family and their faith was written all over them. They were the best dancers. And every time I would see him and him and his wife, they would dance and just have a blast. And they loved well, like so well. And I thought, I want what they have. And so I, yeah, to talk to him for an hour, I will pay that. And so that was the first time that I'd ever invested in a mentor like that. And it was so scary and so nerve wracking, but so life changing, so life changing. And 2020, after all that, you know, um, our business grew 600% in a year of shutdowns and closed doors and everything. Here this was is like this huge boom and it was crazy and amazing. And then we found out that we were pregnant with, um, we didn't know, but our son. And that was actually something that we had been praying for for a while, especially me. Um, I thought that I was infertile because we had been married for a couple years. We wanted children, more children. We, we had two daughters, but we wanted more children. But I was like, why are we not getting pregnant? And I fully believe that God knew like my health was a wreck. I was, you know, stressed, depressed, overweight. Energy was nothing. My hormones were a wreck. Um, I was just alcoholic, like not good. And I just know that God was like, I'm not going to bring this into, I'm not going to bring a baby into this world. And so it took me turning to him and ridding myself of a bunch of the things that I was causing self-harm. Um, and then he blessed us with our son. And so um, we got to travel to places that year. You know, I know a lot of people didn't travel, but we did. And it was beautiful. And so I was like, wow, you know, it was amazing. And 2021, I started the year with um, the birth of our son Then celebrate. Well, started the year closing on our very first home, which was a huge thing that we've been praying for, for the past three years prior to that. Um, we were living in my in-laws home that they had, um, in my husband's hometown, they didn't live with us, but it was owned by them. And so that was a blessing that they let us have there. But like, I think people see the home that we have now and they think, oh, they don't, they don't know what it live, you know, feels like to be renters, which is basically what we were. We didn't have to pay them rent, but you know, it wasn't our home. Um, we do, or, um, they don't know what it feels like to live in somebody else's house. Yeah, we do because we've done it, you know? Um, so you, you don't know, you're seeing this, these people's chapter a thousand compared to your chapter one. Right. And so 2021 was a year of our son. We closed on our first home and moved. Um, my husband quit his nine to five job and got to go full time into business and then in 2022, you guys know that's when I launched this podcast. And I didn't even know that I was launching a podcast. If you listen to the first episode, you will know that I literally say, I wish this was a podcast because I didn't know. In the midst of all this, um, you know, we we started investing even more in mentorship. 
last year in 2022, we spent so many weekends in Dallas, Texas. People kept saying, what are you doing in Dallas, Texas? We were driving five and a half hours, paying for a hotel room, paying to be in rooms um, so that we could learn knowledge. And it was one of the best things we could have ever done. We, we learned so much, but we, we were like, we're going to be willing to invest in this. And I wish I could tell you all that everything was a straight shot. But through the middle of all of this, um, our marriage has been tested. Um, we've had kid sickness. We've had friends stuff. You know, we've had a lawsuit that um, went on. We've had, um, you know, we just had things. And I just tell you all that because so many people, they, they have these dreams, desires, these goals. They're not willing to get disciplined. They're not willing to invest for somebody to teach them. They're not willing to sit in places that are totally uncomfortable and get out of their comfort zone. And so they sit in their bedroom and they pray every single day, the same prayer in some kind of instance, but they're not putting their own work in. And you guys, I just want to encourage you, you got to put the work in to go with it. You have to be the one that matches that faith muscle and says, okay, God, I'm going to pray. But in the same way that I pray, I'm going to do, I'm going to put action behind this, right? Um, love is a verb and God is love and love does. My friend Jamie says love does. And so what are you doing? What are you doing to get yourself to that place? Who are you surrounding yourself with? What kind of conversations are you having? What roadblocks are you talking about more than anything else? You know, I talked about on my Instagram the other day that you can be pitiful or you can be powerful, but you can't be both. And if you're on my email list, you probably got that too. But it's so true. Like you have to look at where you're at and say, am I the, only, am I the weapon being formed against myself? Am I the roadblock? I was the roadblock, y'all. I was the one that was standing in the way. I was the one that was putting limiting beliefs on myself. I was the one that was drinking the things that was tainting my, you know, um, decision making and skewing my thoughts. I was the one feeding myself food that was never going to be able to have a body that could thrive and a brain that could think properly. Like I was the one I did all those things. I was the one that was hanging out with people that were, they did, they were never going to be able to teach me anything. They, they weren't, they were making me feel super comfortable and cozy. Like I was just laid back in a lazy boy, you know, with them and they didn't stretch me. I felt really good around them. Have you ever been where like, you just know that you're in a comfort zone so much because when you walk in, you feel like, wow. I'm the smartest person in this room. And it's not in like a haughty way, but it's just like, I can learn nothing here. I'm not saying that those people are bad people, but y'all get in some different rooms, <laughs> like be willing to be stretched. I remember the first time I was ever in a room that really scared me to death. I was sitting at a table of women and all of them were about 15 to 20 years older than me. And it was a, a, a table of women that were all, um, seven figure earners. Uh, most of all of them were wives and mothers and had been for 20 plus years. And one of them kind of knew me. And she said, 
Um, Casey, you're going to be uh, our spokesperson. It was like a conference type setting, but then they did like breakouts and this table. And I looked at her and I said, excuse me. And she said, yes, you're actually the best speaker at this table. And I thought, oh my gosh, I'm over here sweating bullets. I was hoping that I wouldn't even get called upon. Y'all, I was so scared. But when I walked out of that room, and in fact, I almost didn't go because I knew that I was going to be in this room of really powerful women. Now, I've been invited, but still, I just, I did not feel adequate. The enemy was telling me, you don't deserve to be here. You don't, you're not qualified. Um, you're not smart enough. You don't know enough. You, you don't have what they have. You haven't earned what they have. You know, all these things that will happen. And then like the worst thing ever I thought could have happened. Then somebody called on me and was like, and you're going to be the one that has to stand up in front of the whole room. Oh, great. <laughs> and I remember walking out of there and I was like, thank you, God, for, for pushing me and putting me there. Thank you. And thank you, Holy Spirit, for like helping me just get the words out of my mouth as I stood up and I was literally shaking um, because it was a cool thing when I left there. I wanted more of that feeling. I wanted to be stretched. I wanted to get around people that would say, well, tell me about this. And they would challenge me or they would say, well, what are you doing with this? Or why are you doing it that way? Or have you ever thought about it this way? Have you ever looked at it this way? And so I started craving that, you guys, like more and more and more. And I started pursuing people. And I still do. And now that's why I have done and said, okay, that's what I needed then. And there's somebody else out there that needs this now. And I'm not saying I have all the answers, not even close, but there's, there's people out there that have been a few steps ahead of you, right? The mentor that I hired last fall was actually somebody that I'd known since I was 15 years old. She was an intern in college when I was singing the national anthem at Rodeo Austin. And, um, I loved her. And so we connected on Instagram. I was always mesmerized by her because it looked like, you know, she had this huge following in this ministry and this business. And she had all these children in this thriving marriage. And I was just like, wow. And so I started connecting with her. I was like, hey, you know, and we started small talking on Instagram. And then I asked her to mentor me and she gave me her price. And I said, yes, I was like, yes, that is what I will pay to talk to you, to be able to have your time, please. And it was the coolest thing because in a lot of ways, she wasn't that very, very much far ahead of me. She had only created a course about three or four months before me. Um, she was just beginning to get into life coaching. She had only had like maybe two other clients and it was just brand new. And I thought, yeah, but you are you know, at least a step ahead of me. And so that's the cool thing too, is because you don't have to get around people that know way more than you. You just need some people that know at least a little more than you. Right. And so that was who my mentor was then. And we still talk all the time. And then I started teaching, you know, seeking another mentor. And so I, I just want to tell you that, um, and I have mentors that I, you know, invest in with our money and time, but then also just, you know, people that I've met and connected with that mentor me spiritually and, um, you know, in marriage and <laughs> like motherhood. Oh my gosh. Um, 
I'm always very selective about who mentors in any area, right? Like, what is their track record? What does their marriage look like? What do their children look like? If that's what they're mentoring on, what does that look like? Um, if you were going to hire somebody to mentor you on finances, well, I you would want to know what their finances are, right? Or if you want, if you would want somebody to mentor you on owning your own business, well, you would want somebody that's at least owned their own business and at least had some success, right? So, I mean, there does have to be some kind of qualifications, but I just started getting these rooms and y'all, everything has changed. And um, I just think that life is still hard. April of this year was one of the hardest months that we have ever had. Um, but guess what else happened in April? The course launched. It, you know, has been incredible. You guys, if you haven't joined the Courageous Women Project, I don't say it just because it's my course. Like the women that have taken place, oh my gosh, the revelation that they are having, the feedback that they are giving is just thank you, Jesus, for allowing me to be the facilitator and get in a front row seat because it is not me. It's all him. There's no way that I could have written any of it. Um, but it's a, it's a powerful thing. So that comes out in April. But there were so many other things that got, you know, happened in April. I I was sick. Um, actually, I had a hospital visit. My kids were all sick. I felt like they were never going to get well. My daughter was sick for like two weeks. My son was sick for like a week. Um, I had one of the, my dearest friends in the whole world get put on hospice. So that's super hard. You know, you want to think that you're tough. Well, have one of your best friends be put on the hospice. Test you for sure. I mean, there was just like all kinds of things. There was lots of roadblocks. Um, I had a, a change in one of our businesses, and um, we had some closed doors and open opportunities, and it was just hard in the midst of all this. If you're in the ranching industry, you know that it's like branding season, and so my husband was gone, and y'all, it's just hard. It was just a hard month, but there was so much good that comes out of it, and so just when you're seeing people on top and you're just seeing the, the, the highlight reel or the success part of it, always know that there's something in the background. Always know that nobody that's successful, nobody that's out there doing anything, whether it's a ministry or motherhood or marriage or business and marketplace, there's always something behind that curtain. There's always something going on behind closed doors. And the enemy attacks every single one of one of us. It just is in tax in different ways. But I believe that the more that we start having these transparent talks and we say, yeah, this happened and that was so cool. But let me tell you about what also happened that day. Let me tell you about what also was happening behind that Instagram reel. Let me tell you what was also happening behind that email that you got sent. Like, let's talk about that kind of stuff. That's where you're going to get a window into what it looks like. There's a graphic out there. We're going to wrap this up because it's getting a little long today. But showing up does not always mean 100%. Showing up sometimes just means showing up in whatever capacity. And consistency compounds, you guys. And that's the one thing I can say over the last seven plus, I'll just say plus years, um, but at least the last seven, it's just been a consistency. And now more than ever, which is crazy, and I'm and y'all are probably gonna think I'm lying, but I'm not. Now more than ever, I schedule total rest days. 
where this looks like maybe I get out of my pajamas, maybe I don't. I am the mom that takes my daughter to school in her robe. I know. Y'all just pray that I never have an emergency. <laughs> um, I rest. I may, you know, start the dishwasher or start the washing machine or the robot vacuum. That's all pretty mindless. But I rest. And what's so cool is God's rewarded that. And it's just a small little things of consistency every single day, being diligent in the small things, being faithful in the small things, being faithful in the things that are unseen. Everybody wants to just be seen in the, in the flashy and the outcome, but where you build that faith muscle and where you build your character and you know who you are because of who you are, whose you are is in the unseen. That's in the unseen. And speaking of the unseen, I just want to give you a little context of where this is being recorded. <laughs> I am upstairs in our office. Our office is kind of like the attic area. There are moths flying around everywhere. My kids have, I don't know, all kinds of stuff strung everywhere. I've got papers all over my desk, sticky notes everywhere, shipping labels that need to be shipped. And guess what? You wouldn't have known that unless I told you. So always know that there's something behind the curtain. Run your own race. Put your blinders on. Be willing to get into rooms that um, make you uncomfortable. Walk into rooms as if you have that saying. Walk into that room as if God sent you there because he did. Because he did. I'm so thankful that you're here in this podcast and I pray that it reaches you. Just know that we are always working on new things to help you grow both in life and in your relationship with Christ. If you missed it, there are some affirmation downloads. They are printable downloads where you can get them printed on canvas, wood, paper, frame it, whatever you want to do. Three different colorways, multiple sizes, all on the website, caseygrandrussell.com. There's also a $4.99 download for journaling prompts, which I think is one of the biggest things in the world. Um, they are just short journal prompts. I think there's 30 or 35, I don't know, 30 over 30 journal prompts to get your mind thinking, to get you praying, to get you processing, to get you um, kind of being proactive on this journey where you want to move forward in life. And so we're always creating things. Please know that if you're not on the email list, if you're not in the Live Courageous tribe, it's a free group on Facebook, get in there. We've got some cool things planned throughout the rest of the year. Um, my one-on-one -on -one clients have just gotten started. And I do have room for one more of those, um, the ones that have onboarded. I'm just so excited about. But if you haven't applied to be a one-on-one -on -one coach and you want to do that, get in quickly because the door is shutting on that really quick. Um, because I will be not doing that at the end of the year because I'll have a newborn baby. But anyways, love you guys. Jesus loves you more. Speaking of Jesus loves you more. Tons of stuff on the website. Wow, it is going fast and we are shipping every single day. We are loving shipping. If you didn't know, there is a Mother's Day promo MD2023. You can go use for um, a 10% discount on orders over $50. And if you get your order in quickly, then I will get it to you there before Mother's Day. If you're listening to this after Mother's Day, the coupon code is 
probably gone, but that's okay. <laughs> All right. I'm going to pray this out. Thank you, Father God, for the unseen. Thank you for the moments behind the curtain that you get to work on us, God. Thank you for the journey, Lord. Um, God, I thank you for the mess because it's created a message. God, I just pray for this podcast listener today that is comparing herself. Um, Lord, I just ask that you just keep her blinders on. Lord, that you keep her focused and keep her eyes on you. Lord, that she would keep her head um, lifted high and her knees down. You know, Lord, that she would be willing to get low and get humble and be be praying to be able to walk in the rooms where she feels small, God, but that she's not small because you've gone with her or that you go before and behind her, God, that you would give her courage um, to get out of her comfort zone. Lord, that if you're leading her there, that she would follow God, that she'd be willing and to be faithful in the small things. God, I thank you for just carrying us, um, loving us and knowing our steps before we even make them way better than we could ever make them. Love you, praise you, and honor you. Amen. Hey, friend. I pray that this podcast resonated with you today. If it did, would you please do me a favor? Take three minutes and give me a review. Five stars, obviously the best. And in the comments, write how God spoke to you today. Also, if you are not already, please, please, please follow me on Instagram and on Facebook at Casey Graham Russell all together. I would love to connect with you over there. And if you haven't checked out my website, CaseyGrahamRussell.com, we are constantly updating things. I'm sending out emails and just trying my best to give you guys more tools to live out your God-sized dreams. Until next time, God bless. And hey, guess what? I love you, but Jesus loves you so much more.